Yeah. Madam MD. Um, I, I think we are not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. We take decisions with an objective in mind and rarely think through what may happen that is not our objective. Uh, and then uh, we wrestle uh, with, the, with the impact of it. Um, take uh, any, any, any decision that is a massive decision, like uh, the decision that we need to spend to support the economy. And at that time, we did recognize that may lead to too much money in circulation, too few goods, but didn't really quite think through the consequence in a way that upfront would have informed better uh, what, what we do. And I subscribe entirely what, to what uh, uh, Christine said about uh, climate shocks. We are already out of time. And the uh, fact that whenever something hits us, we forget about this other crisis is inc incredibly troubling. The fact that we are, I'm sorry I'm going on here, but I'll finish in a second. We act sometimes like eight years old playing soccer. Here is the ball, we are all at the ball, and we don't cover the rest of the field. Hey everybody, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media here, and we're joined by Tim Pachot, the Liberty Advisor, and people are ignoring largely a very interesting statement by one of the directors of the IMF, something that came out a few days ago and absolutely no one's talking about, but I think it's very interesting. You just saw the clip of the IMF director saying we didn't think through the consequences of printing too much money and we're already out of time. And I find this interesting because then she immediately realizes what she's saying and she immediately shifts over to talking about climate change. Of course, let's blame the climate for your out of control printing. That makes sense alongside Russia and Ukraine and, and you know, uh, the trucker convoy and whatever it might be to blame, to throw the blame at in order to confuse people about what where inflation really does come from. And of course, she was talking alongside people like Jerome Powell and uh, Christine Lagarde, um, who were sitting at this round table event. And of course, they looked a little nervous and squirmy when she starts talking about this and she notices and she could, she apologizes for rambling on and she kind of uh, segues into another issue entirely. This comes as we hear from Rabobank, um, they warned recently of a massive, massive shock to the economy. The whole system will collapse if the food supply goes down, which, of course, we've been warning about for a while. It's interesting to see mainstream banks talk about this issue. And, of course, we see inflation hit a 40-year high based on official numbers. The unofficial numbers, if you look at shadow stats, show it basically at an all-time high. It's beating out 1920, um, which was at one point the highest point in history. I find this very interesting as we move into this great reset um, to talk about where this you know, problem is really originating from and how it affects people because, of course, inflation is the number one thing that causes poverty today 
in the world. It causes most of the problems we see and no one diagnoses it appropriately. Tim, let's go into um, what this IMF director says. Of course, they are getting ready for the special drawing rights um, to kind of take over, in my opinion. Um, and everyone's kind of shifting slowly towards China, who is devaluing their currency at a dramatic rate. Um, can you go into a bit of what the IMF director said and what you think of um, her claims of, you know, not thinking through the consequences when we've been warning about this for years? I mean, if you're the IMF director, I mean, first off, the International Monetary Fund isn't even really a fund. It's actually a bank, and the World Bank is actually more like a fund. And then the Federal Reserve isn't federal and doesn't reserve anything. So, the, I mean, IMF is there, like in the book, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, to basically loan money to governments that have no ability to pay it back, and then they're going to pledge uh, basically their natural assets and resources as collateral so then that way they come in and literally at gunpoint will then take the uh, resources from the people and meanwhile you know they'll try to have like different economists that they have and, and, and John Perkins in the book was talking about how they would their job was basically make all these rosy projections and rosy forecasts that they knew weren't going to um, materialize to anything but then the real goal was down the road when to either you know subjugate the people because you know they didn't sometimes always just outright just take the land or resources it might be or the ports it might be hey you know you couldn't make do on this two billion dollar loan so don't worry we've got another billion dollar loan and that loan will then cover the interest and basically just giving you more rope to you know put around your neck metaphorically uh we're not suicidal just this is how the you know these different corporations and governments which basically now i mean the corporations basically are the governments uh you know for all intents and purposes but essentially the definition of inflation used to be when you print money that was inflation and they changed the definition and it's amazing that we have this def this uh it, all this inflation when really a lot of the big uh, enchiladas to really cause massive inflation hasn't even occurred yet. I mean, uh, the biggest one being the dollar still reserve currency. The dollar is actually very strong relative to a lot of these other currencies. Like you pointed out, uh, you know, the yuan is being massively devalued. The Chinese yen, or sorry, the Japanese yen, I think is down like a, like a 20 year low. Uh, not, not to talk about the Turkish lira, which is like, uh, it's like controlled demolition of an entire economy. Yeah, I think Turkey's already fired like multiple central bank heads and multiple chief economists. So even with all their BS stats and rigged numbers, they still have had to fire people and they think that that is going to somehow give them the numbers that they want to give. Uh, so I guess at least we're not as bad as them. But then when you take a look at like what the real inflation rate is, when you take a because we're in right now, I mean, I don't know, like let's say the Fed fund rate's like 0.5 and the stated inflation rate's, you know, eight and a half. We obviously know it's a lot higher than that. But so basically we have a negative 8% interest rate, which is still a stimulative rate and so you know even though the rates are high relative to the past you know decade or so it still is a stimulative rate when you take a look at what the inflation is versus what the actual interest rate is and it's just a situation where it's going to there's no way this is going to just magically solve itself and it's just funny that they're like oh we don't know why this was caused i mean janet yellen in 2014 gave a speech to i uh, believe at the university of boston or boston fed or something like that where it was on income inequality and how she spent her entire life studying income inequality like really spent your entire life and you couldn't figure out that you guys are the ones who created income inequality but then they through the you know communist marxist school system you know and through the lack of any financial education at all in the school system they indoctrinate the youth to make them seem like okay the answer is we just need reparations or we need a higher minimum wage or we need universal basic income okay great why don't you make why why did you stop the minimum wage at $15 an hour? Why don't you just make it 150 bucks an hour? Because if you go back to 1964 when the minimum wage I think was $1.25 which 
expressed another way is five quarters. Those five quarters actually had about 90% real silver in there. Mm -hmm. And so today, those four quarters, you know, would probably, or five quarters would probably be somewhere like 25, 30 bucks, which would be the actual, which would, you know, essentially be double what the inflation, uh, sorry, what the minimum wage is today. So it's the actual money that has been perverted, not, and so, you know, if you're trying to constantly chase after symptoms, which is all, you know, basically people have been trained to do, then you're never going to actually get into the, you know, actual root cause of any of this. Yeah, it, we could have had more deflationary currency. Uh, well, and even with that, they printed more IOU notes than they did have, um, you know, gold, for example. But with actual silver coins, you'd have a deflationary currency that eventually, as you held that money, it would grow generally speaking, in value, and you'd be able to buy more with it instead of less, which is, you know, the age-old saying, when I was a kid, for a nickel, I could buy a loaf of bread, and now it's like, what, three, four dollars? I don't even know anymore, because it's always moving, and like chicken and beef is going up in price dramatically, and everyone's like, oh, it's Russia. It's so absurd. They say something enough times on television, everyone goes along with it, and the alternative inflation rate that he's talking about is based in um, pre-1980s standards for calculating inflation, which uh, John Williams has on Shadow Stats, um, which is a very interesting site that kind of goes into the comparison between how they um, uh, calculate inflation today. It's kind of like how they calculate um, employment numbers are totally fraudulent and they have been for a long time because you have to actually look at the labor force participation rate to get an idea of where that um, employment actually is or unemployment actually is rather than being declared employed by basically the government through welfare if you just stop looking for a job. I mean, it's totally manipulated numbers. Every president has used them. Every prime minister in other countries use these same uh, manipulated numbers. And it's very important that people understand this because the number one way I do believe that people are controlled is via inflation. And they don't even know it because they feel as though, generally speaking, most people feel as though um, understanding money is boring. Well, but you know what isn't boring? Being able to like control your own destiny, your own fate, your own value, your own ability to stay afloat in this age where everyone is pushed into a mainstream system a system of university and college and get into a bunch of debt to get a job that sucks and will never actually get above that point that you wanted to and then eventually you just end up retiring with a little bit of cash left on you but you'll never feel comfortable and you end up uh, dying with that your kids get a, a, some pittance and then the same thing happens to them but worse because of inflation Tim can you explain to people how inflation enslaves how it affects each individual on a daily basis when they go out and shop or if they go and buy a house or if they you know, um, get paid at their job, how it specifically targets individuals and without them even knowing. Okay, I just want to make one point. You were talking about how they also rig the unemployment numbers and obviously the inflation numbers. Well, the inflation number also then goes gets into the GDP number. So you've got a nominal GDP. Let's say the nominal GDP is, I'm just making up a number, 8%. Obviously, it's not 8. And then the, you know, if you had an inflation rate of zero, then your then all of a sudden your GDP would be 8%. But mm -hmm. if, what if your inflation rate was 9 and your nominal GDP growth was 8? You'd actually have the economy contracting at negative 1%. And I would actually argue, uh, you know, over the past, you know, pretty much decade we've been in an economy in contraction it's just they have manipulated how they calculate the inflation rate so if the inflation rate really was five which it probably really was and then you know over the past decade and if you had a you know basically you know in essence uh you know 
you know, two, three percent GDP growth. I mean, mainly it was like floating around two percent. I mean, basically we've had like negative three percent growth going back to 14 years, but it's all rigged. I wrote a book called How It's Rigged and how they rigged these numbers in 2015. And uh, maybe I'll send something to Josh to put a link down below or something for that. But anyways, uh, how this affects the average person is even if you had an inflation rate of, let's say, let's say the inflation rate for easy numbers is, let's say it was 10. That means, you know, the essentially every 7.2 years, everything you're going to buy uh, doubles in cost or you've got half as much purchasing power. So most people today, you know, especially if you're, you know, 65 years old, you know, 55, you're probably going to retire. Uh, you know, hopefully it's not, you know, our viewers and listeners, but, you know, the average median balance in a lot of these 401k accounts for people that are 60 to 64 is like, you know, $80,000, $90,000. I mean, that's not going to get you anything. Even if it was a million, uh, you're talking maybe you can pull 40 grand a year off of that. So let's say even if somebody saved a million dollars, and was pulling 40 grand a year, okay, in another 7.2 years, and their purchasing power is now uh, $20,000, and then another 7.2 years, the purchasing power is $10,000, another 7.2 years is $5,000. And so you can see that if you're going to have like a 40-year retirement, you're basically screwed. But don't worry, the government's got a, a, a solution for you. Uh, they're just going to get you, you know, your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth booster shot and give you myocarditis and uh, or give you a heart attack or one of the other nine pages of different uh, side effects that are out there. And then you're not going to have to worry about it because, you know, the biggest thing that actually affects your retirement, uh, aside from inflation, is longevity and how long you live. Because the longer you live, the more chances there's a market crash or massive inflation or deflation and uh, you know all the other th you know, sequence of return risk, all the other things that really play into it. Well, so the average person is going to be decimated by their purchasing power getting wrecked. And the average financial planner out there is still is modeling out like one or two percent inflation. And I'll tell you right now, if you you know take these you know uh, financial planning software and you go and change an inflation rate from one percent to five percent. 99% of these plans are going to blow up. Well, but you mentioned something that's very important here and it's something that uh, people like David Martin, who we recently interviewed and you could check his interview out on our channel, um, talks about is like the issue of Social Security. And uh, of course, with the shortfall um, in Social Security, which has been adding up over the decades and um, is set to hit like such a ridiculous, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like 50% um, of people on Earth would be paying into it. Um, well, 50% of people in the United States, I should say, would be paying into it by the year like 2040 or something like that it's, 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 it's i think it's even it's, it's almost at that now i mean yeah. it's, and the thing is that even if you go back to like the clinton era they they weren't they always say oh bill clinton was running surpluses well he wasn't really running surpluses it was the people paying into social security and then that social security money was spent and so that none of that money was saved and the thing is that's even a drop in the bucket compared to medicare medicare is a much bigger unfunded obligation than social security and i remember being in economic public policy classes in like 2006 and seven, when they're like, oh, if we just like tinker around with it here or there, you know, we can, uh, you know, basically, you know, fix things. It was a relatively easy fix. It's not like we're trying to, you know, get to the moon again, which, you know, apparently NASA, you know, forgot to get to, get to the moon again, but uh, that's a whole nother thing. But they, you know, it's not rocket science is what we're trying to get at in order to, you know, fix this. But this was, you know, 2006 when I'm taking these classes and now it's 2022. And I'm like, you know, it, and, and to me, especially as a business owner that has to pay both sides of Social Security, I've got to pay the employer and employee. And then once you take into account Medicare and FICA, it's like 15.3%. Even before all the you know federal tax and state tax and any other taxes even taken account, it's robbery. Like I am yeah. being robbed, you're being robbed to pay into a Ponzi scheme 
and it's it is the biggest ponzi scheme in the world but it's not even as big a ponzi scheme as medicare and so you got all these things coming together so what better way they know they're not gonna be able to pay everything off they've seen this coming a long time in advance and so that way they want to reset everything have a, a complete breakaway civilization where they've got the transhumanism and we're you know left with you know whatever 1200 bucks that they give us it doesn't even buy us anything anymore right and i mean when, when we're talking about things like um the pension plans etc it's all fake at this point people they're getting people into a dependency stage where instead of like saving for themselves and looking into things for themselves and being independent in their own um with their own money they then depend on giant banks and giant corporations to take care of the money for them as if it benefits that corporation the, the corporation is getting something out of that the governments of the world are getting something out of that and again the government only benefits from your enslavement from more control over you so therefore they're making you dependent weak financially unstable and under the guise of helping you save money but when you actually look at interest rates and you look at inf the rate of inflation you're actually losing money over a longer period of time and and at the end of the day there's no promise that you're actually going to get this money your pension etc we're facing down um, the barrel of a gun right now on a global stage when it comes to uh, the uh, world economy and we're moving into the great reset now uh, before I get into that I do want to point out that Tim Pachot is a certified financial planner and you could go um, to the Liberty if you want to become a client of his links below he also he has a whole bunch of unique ways um, for you guys to uh, save money etc but with that said we're moving into a great reset because we're seeing the currencies of the world start to get swapped out of the faith is dying while the dollar is getting stronger in the in the short term for sure um which is strange to a lot of people but it's a race to the bottom so basically every currency in the world is technically getting uh you know worth becoming worth less and less and less in comparison um the dollar seems like it's getting stronger but um when we see countries like israel start selling off their um dollar holdings and buying up yuan holdings and we see the IMF director talking about printing too much money and admitting to mistakes, which they are not known to do. Um, we know that we're in a very interesting time when all these big banks are saying and echoing things that myself and Tim and people like John Snyson said many years ago at WAM. Um, and here we are, push came to shove. And now we have this transhumanist agenda. The Great Reset is right at, at our doorstep. 2025 is supposed to be the year. And we're seeing all this inflation, all these problems, supply chain breakdown. And eventually that will lead into a, a world probably fractured in two of people fighting and those dependent weak slaves that were made as products of the state, the media and the school system to get on their knees and beg the government for help because the government hurt them and now they don't know how to get back up. So they reach their hand out and ask for the government and the government puts their hand out and pulls them right into hell where um, they wanted them all along. Um, Tim, going into the future, we see a massive um, shift for uh, like global currencies. IMF is obviously a big part of this agenda. Um, do you see the dollar um, going away in the next five years or so as this great reset agenda comes in? I mean, I think we'll still have the dollar, but it's going to essentially, you know, you're still going to have whatever national currency of whatever country you live in, you know, as long as you're in one of these major countries, not maybe not necessarily if you're in Africa or something, but if you're in uh, you know, one of these major countries, you're, you're probably still going to have the dollar, but the dollar is going to be a digital dollar, and then that is then going to get tied up into a super ultra natural national currency like the special drawing right. And so, which is right now, I'm just going off like the top of my head right now, but I think it's like 42% the US dollar, maybe like 30% the euro, and then you've got you know the, the Chinese renminbi, the British pounds, like a tiny bit of gold, and mm -hmm. like a few other currencies sprinkled in there. And so you're going to have like this this basket that sits above everything at the International Monetary Fund. 
And that is already, or, you know, also like the Bank of International Settlements, which is its own country, sort of like the Vatican, and I guess maybe sort of like Disney World too, or what it used to be. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, you know, so, so that is how it's going to be. It's not kind of going to roll out like, oh, here's the one world currency, and then we're all in it. You know, you're, you're going, it's sort of like people that got into the euro, you know, which was a project dating back to 1956, actually Bilderberg, where, you know, the people who are getting into that thought they're getting into a trade, you know, union, they didn't really think that they're going in getting into like the United States of Europe, which is pretty much what it has become. But but also let's take a look at like what, what options the Fed has to try to, you know, control inflation. Now I did hear like many years ago, probably like, you know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, Jim Rickards uh, came out and said that the Fed thinks that they're basically looking at like a thermos, thermostat when they're trying to, uh, you know, dial up and down the interest rates. But what they're really doing with is a nuclear reactor and you just can't turn a nuclear reactor on and off. And so if the Federal Reserve thinks that, oh, we're just going to raise rates to like two and a half percent when inflation's, you know, eight and a half percent and we're just going to calm things down, that's not going to calm things down. And everyone sort of knows at this point that they're going to have to keep raising rates until the bottom drops out of the market. But then the question is, well, what happens when the bottom drops out of the market? There's really only two options. Either A, they uh, save the market and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, inflation really gets out of control, or they let, uh, you know, or they try to stop inflation, in which case, uh, you know, you're in this massive deflationary debt spiral, and the whole thing implodes, which then also leads to hyperinflation. So they both, at the end of the day, they both end up leading to a hyperinflation. It's just, I don't know if it's going to be some deflationary 2008 type shock and we're going to take five years to get out of it. And then let's say, you know, getting out of it, you know, is, you know, might not be the right, might, you know, might not be the best way of uh, putting it. Or it's going to be, you know, something like we saw more of like March, April 2020, where it only lasts for a few months and then they come to the rescue and then all of a sudden everything goes up. But but what I mean is like the financial assets, but most people don't have a lot of financial assets. So the average American, average person worldwide would be getting left behind. And so, I mean, the Fed is in this, uh, I don't even want to call it conundrum because obviously they engineered it, but they, they also benefit from the more they appear to screw up means the more money they print and the more money they print mean the more assets they get. And they're in the business of printing money out of nothing and then buying up real assets, which is why Benjamin Franklin said, if we ever allow a private central bank to issue the currency and credit of our nation, first by inflation, then by deflation, we will end up homeless on the continent our forefathers conquered. And that is the exact position we're in. That has always been the battle. It's been the battle for Andrew Jackson and the battle even somewhat to Abraham Lincoln, although he's not the great guy that you know history makes him out to believe. And then it's been the battle with uh, you know when Alexander Hamilton came over here with the, you know the first central bank, then the second central bank, the Andrew Jackson. Well, it's and and, and that's a really important point. And, and you know, by the way, Ben Franklin knew this very well, um, considering he was involved in currency um, printing um, and, of course, involved in the newspapers of the day as well. It's a great combination. And yeah, well, what you mentioned there was basically Alexander Hamilton petitioning George Washington to create the first central bank. George Washington knew nothing about um, banking. He was a general. He was a war. He was basically a warlord. Uh, whether, whether you like that term or not, it's, it's true. He was a revolutionary warlord. And um, so he's like, okay, well, if everyone else is good with that, the lone Yankee of the uh, Declaration of Independence wants a new central bank. And then immediately they're then linked with Britain once again. Only, uh, I think it was in 1791. It, it burned down, I believe, in 1799, and they created a new one at the in uh, during the War of 1812. Always during a war in a time of panic, they create a new one, and it was uh, brought down by uh, Andrew Jackson in 1833. And we saw the most prosperous period in American economic history ever between 1833 and 1913 at the creation of the Fed, excluding during the Civil War when a lot of um, currencies on both sides, from the Yankees and the Confederates 
efforts were printed in mass and again there is more catastrophe and more um, dependence on state and, uh, and more organized collapses uh, that came from that stemmed from that so I find this very interesting because if you study monetary history you see how this all links to what we're at today and this was the major plan this is the biggest uh, economic move in world history what we see going into um, the uh, special drawing rights at the IMF which was created using the gold that was confiscated from people in 1933 by FDR and partially that money was also used to create the exchange stabilization fund which was a big slush fund as well and a war chest so something that I think people should also look into there's almost no information online about it but um, I've done documentaries with John Snyson years ago on this issue um, that should still be up on Odyssey if you look up ESF and um, Rob Kirby who's another financial analyst has done a lot of great work on this as well but with that said now we see Italy bringing in social credit at the perfect time um, Rome and Bologna have it um, getting they say oh well it's it's a private um, it's a private company it's an app that has a social credit okay yeah well the mayor's introducing it Pfizer is also private but it doesn't change the fact that they enforced this stuff on people and yes the Federal Reserve is private but legal tender laws all that kind of stuff just forces it into the hands of people and puts people in a position where they then get extorted by the IRS which was created at the same time as the Federal Reserve system all to enslave you and now we're moving into this new system social credit and you know it'll be inescapable if your money's in the bank it's not yours it's the banks if your money's always going through the banks via digital transactions via legal tender laws etc then it's never your money it's always the banks and you are enslaved to the banking system as I've said for so many years now and then tie in the depositor insurance issue which is like absolutely terrible and people like Mario Draghi knows as well who's now president of Italy who now brought is now bringing in the social credit system in Italy just like China has in the past and we were warned about that before China even had it and people called us crazy now it's there we did a recent video on it I urge people to go check that out Mario Draghi was the head of the ECB and Mario Draghi at that time while he was head of the ECB talked about getting rid of depositor insurance totally well that sounds like a nice guy let's just make it so that we could bail in your uh, bank account and you have absolutely no way to well, um, get any of that money back. It's just gone. Poof, it's gone. It's like that South Park thing, and it's gone. I actually think that I actually do think they should get rid of deposit insurance because it just creates a. Now there should be a private deposit insurance because right, right now, I mean, we have basically like a ruse of having FDIC insurance. When really, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's like Josh and I trying to backstop, you know, Elon Musk or Bill Gates. I mean, it's just a laughable, uh, you know, paltry amount of sum that's in there, and they, they're never going to have the money to pay pay it anything if, if something does go awry in that system and so it gives people like this false sense of security because it doesn't they don't need to look at the bank's balance sheet or you know if the bank's up to any funny business or not because they know the FDIC will have their backs and so I think that in a world where there wasn't the FDIC and if you had private insurance then people would do more due diligence it would also then uh, not encourage the banks to have as much like moral hazard and risk-taking that's going on so I think but I'm sure you know the reasons I have for getting rid of it and the reasons Mario Draghi has for getting rid of it would probably be two separate reasons because he was also the European head of Goldman Sachs as well. And he also supported bail-in regimes uh, in budgets throughout Europe, which would involve them just being able to take money out of your bank account at will, basically. Yeah, and the former uh, second-in-command of the Federal Reserve, Stanley Fisher, who is also the former Bank of Israel chairman. I mean, I don't know why you've got someone who uh, was an Israeli citizen who's also the, the second-in-command at the... Uh, 
uh, Federal Reserve. And so Stanley Fisher. I do. Yeah, Stanley Fisher in 2014 <laughs> said that we need to issue bail inable long term bonds. So then that way there's this gone concern buffer, aka they could just take your money. Now, another thing that's interesting to know is that the Federal Reserve historically has been, you know, they they spit on their website, they say they keep, uh, they give back 94% of all their profits to the government, aka they, they take 6% of all the profits. But Right now, they have bond portfolios, and when interest rates go up, the underlying values of their bonds plummet. And so if they're having to sell off bonds that are paying basically nothing, when now you can go get bonds that are paying like 2.5%, 3% from – I'm not – believe me, I'm definitely not recommending you go do that. But, but what I'm saying is if you're getting a bond right now at 3% and the Federal Reserve wants to go sell one at like 0.5%, I mean, who the hell is going to want to buy that? And so yeah. the, the price is going to plummet, and so instead of having a – money that goes back into the treasury as a profit, I've actually theorized that they're going to have losses. And I basically had a question that got asked to Janet Yellen in 2016 from uh, our congressman out here. I asked him basically without getting into the whole details. She said that my scenario that I've laid out is impossible. Well, guess what? It's the exact scenario that's about to unfold right now that little old me, uh, you know, as like a, you know, 27 year old can figure out that this thing is going to happen at the time. But now, uh, you know, apparently, you know, the head of the IMF has not thought through what happens when you print too much money. And oops, I guess, you know, we didn't realize when you've got all this money chasing, you know, a scarce amount of goods. And then what does Biden want to do? And again, this is not like, oh, if Trump was in there, it was going to be any better because it just makes it out to be like one little puppet. I mean, it probably would be better from like the oil uh, standpoint, but you know, all the Federal Reserve, they're the ones who run the show. Donald Trump wanted Jerome Powell. And then who else wanted Jerome Powell? Joe Biden. So obviously it showed that, you know, for everyone who said I wasn't, you know, 5D chess enough and I didn't understand. Well, really, I mean, the, both guys picked the same person. It either shows that he was way outgunned, way outclassed, way out 5D chess. I seem like you're jumping at the bit over there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's if you want to know how these guys control the politicians of presidents uh, of the world, um, I urge people to watch Money Masters. Um, sure. Bill Still's old documentary from the 90s kind of it showed examples of, of clips of of Ronald Reagan being uh, basically pushed around by Paul Volcker, who recently died. And Paul Volcker was like the least, in my opinion, one of the least bad of all of the um, recent Fed chairs. Um, I think the most evil was Alan Greenspan because he knew what he was doing was wrong and he was a, a hardcore Austrian yeah, economist. Austria. Yeah, yeah. And then he just, he's like, yeah, but, you know, I'm just going to uh, continue to push all this insane, uh, uh, you know, printing on people, this massive inflation. I think Volcker at one point raised rates like overnight, like 8%. I mean, yeah. could you even imagine like an 800 basis point rate hike today? I mean, what would, yeah. what would just, add? I mean, and that, that's like a real ballsy move to actually control inflation. Like none of these, oh, inflation's at eight and a half percent. We're going to wait like four months to go do something about it. And then, oh, we're going to have like a 25 point hike, then maybe a 50 point hike, then maybe another yeah. 75 point hike in June. And it's just a matter of like, there's only, the Fed can, can either save the stock market, the dollar or the bond market. They can't right. save all three. I've been talking about this exact subject for now for at least five years and we're at the point now that i've been warning about where the fed has to raise rates not because they want to but because they have to which is why all this stuff is kicking together which is why you've got you know the war with russia i mean all this stuff is all being planned right around the time to create a perfect excuse to print more money a perfect excuse yeah. of oh everything's going fine until uh you know 
you know, the Easter Bunny did it or something. Yeah. And so we, we have the perfect excuse. The Easter Bunny that's guiding Biden around events. Yeah, the, the Easter Bunny that's like telling Biden <laughs> what to do and, and when he's not, you know, shaking hands and, you know, with, with, but the, 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 with the air. But they only put Biden up there so then that way the people that aren't aware of the left-right paradigm are like, oh, look at that idiot. And he's, you know, such an idiot. If we just had like another person in there, another puppet, you know, they would do much a better job. And so he is like the perfect fall guy for all this. But the Fed is trapped. The Fed has no way out of it to help the average person. So you, people have to take it in their own hands to help themselves. And so if you are like, you know, 55, 60 years old, you have half your money in bonds, all that money is going to get shellacked. You're, like all your money, like maybe you'll still have the same dollar value when you get your money back in 10, 15 years. But what happens when you've got a million dollar bond portfolio that's a 10 year duration portfolio, rates go up 2%, which is not, right. you know, not a crazy thing to think about. And now your million bucks is 780,000. You're maybe getting $20,000 a year in interest. And then when you get your money back in 10, 15, 20 years, it's not going to buy you anything. And so about, so a lot of seniors, there's a concept called interest rate risk. They're Portfolios are going to get murdered by interest rate risk. Uh, and then you also have, you know, it's not like there's any safe haven going in the stock market either. And so you have to have a plan how you're going to get through this, how you're going to have, you know, not only create income, but then have other hedges to protect yourself. And then how you're going to protect yourself from the great reset. Because clearly, people like whoever, you know, Georgina, whatever, IMF director, and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who they put in there. It's not, no one's coming to save you. There's no white knight. There's no white hat in the government that's going to go fix everything. And you know what? You could put Jesus in at the head of the Federal Reserve and he's not going to fix anything. And as a matter of fact, he was the one whipping the money changers. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, just great to me that like the same fight that Jesus was having is like the same fight that I was having. And, and I, yeah. that was someone who wasn't even reading the Bible. I remember getting into all this stuff really in like 2008, 2009, after everything collapsed in 2008. And the first time I ever gave a speech on this sort of stuff, someone said, oh, it sounds like you're just ripping off Revelations. And I had never even read Revelations. And I came to the same conclusion that they're trying to create a one world currency to track, trace, surveil everybody. They're going to use blockchain to do that. And, but there's going to be some sort of excuse to get you into the blockchain that then they're going to have you about yeah. the you know what it's going to be game over and uh you know and we you know i can you know rest you know safely at night knowing that i you know tried to help as many people over the past you know yeah. 12 years at great expense to you know family members everybody else but yeah. uh yeah you, you you're running out of time to save yourself obviously these people are not looking to save you no, and and, uh, and uh, yeah, you you really have to be independent. It's what humanity is all about: individual responsibility, survival, freedom. Humanity are all the same thing; they're synonymous. Um, with the Biden thing, they're trying to demoralize people, and um, that's part of the the great reset agenda. And then eventually, you'll have nothing, and you'll be happy. Is the claim because everything will be going through a ledger, basically that's digital, that's controlled, centralized. Um, whether it be because real estate is going to collapse, people won't be able to actually afford houses. People are going to be dying everywhere. There's uh, many things that play into that, and um, you'll all be on a digital system that will protect you because the government will own all the property. The government will do will basically be the corporation, the only corporation, and it'll own everything, and everything will be allocated to you based on your social credit score, carbon credits, vaccine passes, your compliance, etc. And that's why it's so important, my friends, to get out of that system and and you know live freely, live by example, get out of big cities, and also um, it's very important that people um, you know save their own money. They they are uh, in control of their own wealth. 
wealth. And uh, I think it's interesting, um, you know, uh, Tim has many options at uh, the Liberty Advisor um, on, on his site, thelibertyadvisor.com. You could go there. Um, there's a lot of different interesting, unique options that um, I don't see any other certified financial planners um, offering. Um, with that said, uh, you know, I also am a big believer in privacy coins. So getting out of the um, mainstream system of money, yes, gold and silver, important for sure, without a doubt. But with that said, you need to have other ways to compete against the very competitive system of convenience that brings about tyranny, which is the digital system. So I believe encrypted, heavily encrypted privacy coins and privacy te technology is extremely important in this. Um, I'm a big fan of Epic Cash, there's, and this is an uh, investment advice. There's Epic Cash, Litecash, Monero, there's Darrow, there's e Equilibrium or e Equilibria, a bunch of different things that are starting to hit headlines. Um, because it's important to back yourself up in a way where they can't just seize your money, they can't trace your money, and you are able to actually have control over your wealth and be able to feed your family. Another big thing is obviously long-term storable foods. I've mentioned that many times. Whamsurvival.com, you can check the link below for that and get long-term storable foods, 25-year shelf life, and you save money through us. Very important going forward. Uh, food, water, shelter, self-defense, my friends. It's all about what you as an individual do to protect yourself and not wait for other people to do this. This is the Tower of Babel. He mentioned Revelations, and I'll mention the Tower of Babel because they're building it to the stars until it's struck down. And um, they're trying to replace God with technology and humans with technology, and therefore we will build to the stars until it all collapses on our heads. So it's best to be out of that system. Historically, people who live among hunter-gatherer communities survive best in the collapse of a civilization. That's always been the case. I've done 36 documentaries on ancient civilizations and previous, um, you know, te not technologically capable in the way of like, computers and stuff like that, but technologically capable in a way where they were sophisticated and built things to the point where these societies became dependent and weak, and then everything came down on their heads, and the people, the only people who survived to tell the stories were revered as gods because they moved into hunter-gatherer communities while everything else collapsed, and these hunter-gatherers were like, this person has all these amazing powers, like this, you know, technology of this kind or that kind, but meanwhile, they were the ones that were the smartest because even though they were looked at as primitive, they were the ones that knew how to take care of themselves, knew how to fish, they knew how to uh, climb trees and get coconuts, they knew how to hunt animals, they knew how to build forts and, and homes. That is extremely important going forward, and that independence is how you win and how they lose, eventually, because this is a war on humanity and the basis of humanity, again, individual responsibility. It comes down to you, my friends, standing up and living your true um, human instinct based on what it meant to be human in the first place, rather than what it's become, which is just a coddled, technologically capable society that couldn't, um, you know, wipe their ass if they tried. If they were in the middle of the woods, they'd be rubbing, you know, uh, poison ivy all over it, you know? Well, so, I mean, I mean, everyone, I mean, there's been like that war on testosterone going on. So when I take a look around, like even here in Arizona, it looks like every guy is either looks like they're like former special ops, like ready to get into <laughs> the thick of things or like a beta male that's yeah. like worried about like, like going to break their fingernail or something. So it's like, I feel like there's like very little in between. It's either like the people that are going to go out and like kick some ass or the people that are just going to get their ass kicked. So, I mean, and yeah. unfortunately, 
uh, you know, I guess, you know, Alex Jones is right with all the, uh, you know, the stuff they're putting in the water, what, what's going on these days. But, and also, we'll, we'll both be at Float Fest. You guys can go to floatfest.com. That's coming up at the end of this month, just in a, in a couple days. So yep. we'll be up there, you know, uh, what, Thursday through the, through the 3rd. Yeah, uh, April 29th to May 3rd. And you could use code WAM if you want to save money on your tickets. Um, Dr. Andrew Kaufman's going to be there. Max Egan's going to be there. There's going to be comedy by Sam Tripoli, Eddie Bravo, Tino Sanchez. There's going to be also uh, great speeches by Tim Pachote, Larkin Rose, uh, Spike Cohen, Scott Horton, many more people are going to be there. So make sure to go and check out that link below. And I should probably just wrap it up here because this video is going really long. So as always, um, make sure to check those links below. We also have rncstore.com, Richardson Nutritional Center, your source for Laetrile Online, made famous by G. Edward Griffin's book, World Without Cancer. Get your apricot seeds, Laetrile, amygdalin, and vitamin B17 there. And of course, um, you can uh, support Wham by going to... Uh, things like gogetfunding.com, Patreon, subscribe, sorry, we have a PayPal address, we have a Bitcoin address, and we have a Cointree link with multiple different cryptocurrencies that you could donate in if you please. Uh, bless you. Uh, and uh, on top of that, uh, we have a Teespring store. We have new products up on our Teespring store. Check out the new t-shirts that are now available, including one that says, to live in fear is to not live at all. I urge people to go and um, get merchandise that helps support independent media. You can uh, find us now on Rockfin, which I'm happy about. Um, you can go and subscribe to Wham! on Rockfin, World Alternative Media. And we have exclusive content already up, including a documentary on how to travel, how I traveled throughout 2020 into 2021. And we'll do a second part, 2021 into 2022. Um, and it's very extensive. It was for Enter COVID in 2021. And it's exclusive now on Rockfin. So you could go and sign up. And it doesn't cost much, I don't think. Uh, it's, and, and we'll be doing uh, you know AMAs on there and doing videos exclusively for that. And we also have all of our videos up that are regular regularly up for free for free on there as well um of course we have a newsletter www.imband.com sign up with your email it takes two seconds and of course we're on telegram at world alternative media telegram channel world alternative media announcements as well bitshoot odyssey rumble and brighteon at world alternative media uh, sovereign at world alternative media uh, dollarvigilante.tv and we're on hive steam it float.app at, at josh sigurdsson and of course, we're on the bad guys, TikTok and Instagram, World Alternative Media, as well as Twitter and Getter at World Alt Media. Check those links below, my friends. Hit the like button, share on social media. Of course, go and find Tim's channels, The Liberty Advisor on most major platforms, uh, by that most major alternative platforms. And of course, um, go to the dollar or <laughs> the, the libertyadvisor.com, all linked in the description below. Share on social media, hit the notification bell and subscribe. And no notes. He, did the, he has no notes as he's rambling through all this stuff too, yeah. which is uh, incredible. So well, I, I've gotten quite used to it. Anyway, let's finish this off. I appreciate everyone watching today. And until next time, this is Josh Sigurdsson and Tim Pachode signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change. I'm sure you have already changed people's minds in your young age because you're involved. And I like that. <laughs>